Welcome to the Hope Unlimited Church Podcast. We are so honored to connect with you, and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Amen. All right, grab your Bible. Go with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 9. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 9, and then I'm going to read one verse out of Proverbs. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9. And then Proverbs chapter 25, Matthew's gospel chapter 20, I'm sorry, Matthew's gospel chapter 9, and Proverbs chapter 25. When you get there, say amen, and if you don't have it, don't worry, they'll throw it up there on the screen for you. Matthew's gospel chapter number 9, verse number 14, records these words. Then came to him the disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then shall they fast. This is the part I want to focus on. No man puts a piece of new cloth in an old garment. For that which is put in to fill it up takes away from the garment, and the rent is made worse. Neither do men put new wine in old bottles, else the bottles break and the wine runs out and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles and both are preserved. Look at verse 16 again. No man puts a piece of new cloth on an old garment for that which is put in to fill it up takes from the garment and the rent is made worse. The tear is made worse. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break and the wine runs out. And the bottles perish, but they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. Stick your finger in your Bible there, because we're going to come back to that and flip over to Proverbs 25. I'm going to read one verse to you. Verse number 28. He that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Selah. He that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down. He that has no rule over his own spirit. He that cannot control his own spirit. He that cannot, that does not have any control over himself is like a city that is broken down and without walls. And the church said apprehensively, Uh, we started a series, we started at the beginning of, of this month, then we had to cancel a service due to the unbelievable blizzard that came through Knoxville. It was absolutely treacherous outside, not fit for man nor beast out there. And then I started, uh, I, so I started uh, the series again last week where I talked about you got to get your m- mouth right, right? Remember that? And everybody all week has been correcting each other on their words. Hey, don't you say that, right? I, me, me and Lindsay back and forth, I'll say something. Why don't you practice what you preach, preacher? Don't be talking like that. Get your mouth right. You got to make sure because your words create your world. And we started the series, and the title of the series was Next Year Everything Changes. Does anybody still believe that with me, that next year everything changes? Okay. And so we talked about some practical things that we have to do, that we have to bring into alignment to make sure that next year does not end up like this year. And the first thing that we talked about was our words. Jesus said, by your words, you are justified. And by your words, you are condemned. Proverbs said that your words are a snare. Your words have the power to bind you or your words have the power to set you free. You got to make sure that what's coming out of your mouth is what you want in your life. 
And if you look around you and what's around you is not what you want, it is a byproduct of what's been coming out of you. It's not an issue of you're a victim. It's not the government. It's not your boss. And it's not your spouse. Your words have created your world. Try it over here. Your words have created your world. So if you want a different world, you got to transform your words. You got to get your mouth right. Can I get a witness from somebody? Now, I'm going to take that a step further. I, I was going to preach this in two separate sermons, but because we canceled one of the services due to the unforeseeable blizzard that hit Knoxville and it was treacherous, nor was it fit for man or beast. And, right Now, in Alabama, I'm from Alabama, okay? It snowed once every 400 years, all right? It always was interesting to me because when they would, if we detected a snowflake, if we detected a snowflake, we had a grocery store. It was called Walmart. We didn't have like real grocery stores. Y'all have like, you know, grocery stores. You could buy your produce and oil for your car and a new tire and a bicycle where we shopped in Alabama. All my Alabama people said, Amen. But if we ever detected a snowflake, people would always run to the store and they would do two things. They would buy milk and they would buy bread. And I would always think that is such a strange combination. What are you going to do with milk and bread? You need some Hot Pockets and some frozen pizza and some bagel bites. You got to do this right. And, uh, so because we canceled that one service, I'm having to combine two messages into one. So I'm going to give you bits and pieces of two different messages. Is that all right? Good. You cannot... Or let me say it this way, be sure that you don't waste next year. Be sure that you do not waste next year. You cannot go into a new year with an old mouth, and you can't go into a new year with an old mind. Because if you carry this level of thinking into next year, you will repeat what you had this year into next year. That's why Jesus talks about if you don't watch out next year, will it'll it'll fly right past you. It will it will if you don't if you haven't noticed time, it will just it'll just drizzle right past you. And when that when when you the when your mindset is not right, the time that God gives you and the opportunity that God gives you, it starts leaking through the cracks of a broken mentality. You hearing what I'm saying? We've got to get our mouth right, but we've also got to get our mind right. And if we do not change how we think next year from how we think this year, then we will repeat ourselves all over again. And I don't know about you, but there are some things that happened this past year that I'm not interested in repeating next year. I came to tell somebody this year is over. Everything you fought is over. Everything you dealt with is over. And we're going into a new year, into a new season. Can I get a witness from somebody? Yeah, there are going to be some new devils to fight next year, but it's not going to be the same old stuff that we wrestled with this year and the year before and the year before because we're going to get our minds right in the name of Jesus. I need somebody to help me preach this this morning. you got to get your mind right. You got to get your mind right. Now, do you even know where you are going next year? Do you even, do you even have a picture in your mind of what God wants it to look like for you? 
Because until you get that vision set in front of you, you will never change your mind and you will never change your mouth. This is how next year is going to be different. This is how. You're going to get a vision of what God wants to do in you and through you and for you next year. And then you're going to change the way you think about what God wants to do in you, for you, and through you. And then you're going to start declaring what God wants to do in you, through you, and for you until it becomes a reality. You know that story? We preach this story all the time when I was growing up in church. Remember that story? The woman with the issue of blood. Y'all remember that story? Everybody preaches that story. And she's pushing through the crowd. She's doing this. She's doing that. There's a little phrase in that story that people miss. This is what it says. It says, when she heard that Jesus was passing by, she began to say within herself, if I can touch him, I will be made clean. Your Bible says she began to say within herself, if I can but touch him, I will be made clean. She began to say it within herself. If I can touch him, I can be made clean. If I can touch him, I can be made clean. The word picture there, this is the best way I know how to illustrate it. Y'all remember that guy that used to paint on TV? Right? Right? He was still trapped in the 60s. Y'all remember him? Right? He was the guy that whenever he came on, whenever he came on, you were like gripped. It was enchanting. It was entrancing. And he would just, he was so calm and he was, you know, just a pretty little tree right here. Just a little squirrel. It's your world. You can do whatever you want to do. There's, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no mistakes, just happy accidents. Y'all remember that guy? Y'all like, I'm going home to YouTube him right now. That sounds like a good way to unwind after this morning. I have, I have to be careful about that stuff because I get interested in everything. So my daughter Katie likes to paint. So about three weeks ago, she wanted to watch some painting videos. So I said, honey, I got you. Meet Bob Ross. And we watched like 18 hours of painting. I come away with it thinking, I think I'm going to take up painting. I think I'm going to do this. I'm on, I'm on Amazon, the Bob Ross Beginner's Kit, $299. That's fine. I can do this. I'm going to decorate our house with my creations. And Lindsay was like, stop, this happens all the time. But one of the most interesting things about that situation would be when he would start, he had a blank canvas. And the funny thing was he expects you to follow along. Like, do that. It's real simple. It's like right there. Just do, you've been doing this longer than I've been alive, Bob. Slow down. So we would start with a canvas. And then he'd just put some color up there, and you're like, you know, the funny thing was if you messed up, you'd never know. So he starts putting paint up there. It doesn't look like anything. Looks like me, right? I look like my paintings look like Bob Ross after his first three strokes. That's all I got. And so he put some paint up there, and you wouldn't make anything out of it. Then he'd do a couple other things, and you wouldn't really see anything out of it. Then he would do a couple other things, and you would start to vaguely get a picture of what he was going for. Then he would do some other things, and, and then you would get a little bit deeper of a picture of what he was going for. And then he would keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going till the picture that he was creating started to come to life on that canvas. And then what was a blank canvas became a beautiful, stunning masterpiece as he kept painting, as he kept painting, and as he kept messing with it. That's the same word picture your Bible uses when it says, that she said within herself, if I can touch him, I can be made clean. In other words, when she first said it, she didn't see herself whole. When she first said it, she didn't see herself delivered. But the more she said it, the more clearly the picture... 
the more she said it, the more clearly the picture became of my whole self and my healed self. As a matter of fact, another translation says she began to say within herself, if I can touch him, I can be made whole. She began to get a picture of her healed self. And the more you start declaring, this is what God's going to do for me in 2019. This is what God's going to do in my marriage. I need somebody to help me preach it this morning. This is what God's going to do in my finances. This is what God's going to do in my kids' lives. I know my kids are doing this, but I declare me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. And the more you say it, the more that picture becomes clearly. And then you can believe it. With ease. Oh, hallelujah. Because when God really puts something on the inside of you, it would be harder for you not to believe it than it would be for you to believe it. And how does it get down on the inside of you? By that word. She began to say within herself, she began to paint a picture of what herself would look like healed. She began to see what herself would look like, not having to push through the crowd. She began to say, she began to see on the inside of her what it would look like for her not to be gripped and not have to go by this sickness and not have to go to doctors and physicians and spin. She began to see on the inside of her what it looked like for her to be able to go out and live a normal life again and be who she was again, all because she got her mouth right. You got to find out what God wants to do through you. Then you got to start saying it. I'm talking about get yellow sticky notes and write it and put it all over the refrigerator. Surround yourself with it. I ain't getting, I'm trying to build faith in some people for next year. And y'all are looking at me like a cow staring at a new gate. That's why God told the, the, the people of Israel in Deuteronomy. He said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take my word, and I want you to bind it in front of your eyes like front. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to bind it in front of your eyes like frontlets. So no matter what's going on around you, all you can see is what I've spoken to you. All you can see for 2019 is what I've promised you, that I'm that I'm going to do. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You might lose your job in January, but that doesn't matter because I got his word in front of me. And he said, I'm going to make more money this year than I've ever made in my life. And he said, I'm going to be more blessed this year. And I've been declaring that the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. You got to start painting that picture. This is who I am. And you won't be moved by everything going around you, going on around you. Why? Because I begin to say within myself next year, Everything changes. I believe it. I'm not just preaching. It's not because I didn't have a better topic. I really believe next year everything changes if we can get our mouth right and if we can get our mind right. Some of you, you don't have a mentality that can handle God blessing you. People, the internet freaked out this week. Because a man over in South Carolina, a pastor over in South Carolina, let me say it this way, a husband in South Carolina who happens to be a pastor, bought his wife a $200,000 car and everybody fell out. Right? And I wanted to write online, I say, don't worry about it, y'all ain't never going to get one. Because you ain't got the mentality, oh, y'all ain't got the mindset for it. Mine can't handle it. Mine can't handle it. Right? Mindset ain't ready for it. Your mindset ain't ready for what God wants to do on the inside of you, right? Mind ain't ready for it. What if God wanted to bless you to the point that people started looking at you funny? Because church people don't like success in other people's lives. <laughs> I've had to lie about stuff before. I've worn new clothes to church. People be like, where'd you get that? Ah, I just found it. 
Walmart. I just want to keep you in check. Keep me in. You've got to be kidding me. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. Listen, I'm going to offend you. He's not ta- and I don't even know where this term comes from. He's not talking about spiritual riches. I don't know what that means. You will never find in the New Testament the word spiritual riches. That's how we, that's how we, that's how our impoverished mindset explains away all of the promises of God. I'm going to pour you out a blessing, spiritual ones. Right? Our mind's not ready for blessing. Can't go into a new year with an old mind. So when you go into next year expecting to be broke, when you go into next year expecting to struggle, when you go into next year thinking you are more holy because you have less than, than the people that have more than, I saw all these people on the internet, virtue, what we call virtue signaling. Well, I think he should give all that money to the poor. You don't know what he's given to the poor. And if you've ever read a book about the poor, giving money is not always the best thing for them. Y'all okay? Got to get that out of our mind, our, our mentality. All of the people he could feed, that $200,000, as they type that on their iPhone. Everybody in this room is in the top 10% of income earners in the history of mankind. Okay. Right. Going off on their iPhone 10X that's cost $1,200 and cost $800 a month. Can't believe a pastor would buy his wife a car. Church people hating on somebody for having something they want. There's a word for that, envy. Envy is the pain you experience at the blessing somebody else has. So when I see somebody get blessed, I don't get upset. I start shouting because if there's enough for him, glory be to God. There's enough. Because next year, everything changes. Let's go, let's, let's go back to the one more. I wasn't even going to talk about this, but let's go back to the one more with the issue of blood for just a moment. Y'all know that story. Everybody loves that story. Pushing through the crowd, pushing through the crowd. You got to press in. You got to press in. Do you know the context of that story? Jesus is walking toward Jairus' house because Jairus' daughter is dead. Okay? Jesus is on his way to Jairus' daughter's house, and some woman that can't stop bleeding grabs a hold of his garment, and he stops on his way to Jairus' miracle. He stops and says, somebody touch me because I perceive virtue go out of me. Could you imagine Jairus' mindset? You perceive virtue going out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You keep, you keep all the virtue you got. You're on your way to my miracle, and while you're doing something for me, you stop to do something for somebody else. And in that moment, Jairus is faced with a decision. How am I going to react when God's on his way to do something for me when he stops and does it? For somebody else, glory be to God. I need somebody to help me preach it. So if everybody around me is getting blessed, I'm going to shout and I'm going to celebrate because, God, I know you're on your way to do it for me. Can I get a witness from somebody? You hearing what I'm saying? 
imagine because something happens when other people get blessed. This competition creeps in. Because you imagine, JR, you better get that virtue back. Woman, lay hands on him and give it back. Don't be handing out virtue everywhere. Kidding me? And he's faced with a decision. When somebody else gets blessed, what am I going to do? That's why I tell all the haters, don't worry about his car. You ain't going to get one. Don't worry about that car. You're never going to be faced with having to pass that test because you already failed it. You hearing what I'm saying? You hearing what I'm saying? If you agree with me, say yes. If you don't agree, say nothing. We got to get our mind right. We're not, we we got to have the mindset that will allow God to bless us and not feel guilty about it. There's something that happens to you when God starts to do things in your life, you feel humbled by it. The problem is not what God's given you. God can give anything to you as long as you remember it was him and not you. It's not about a dollar amount. That car was too much. How much is too much? Where's the line? Exactly, precisely. Where's the line? Where's the line? Because you drive a $60,000 car. Is that too much? They're like, 60000 Okay. <laughs> How much is too much? How did, you, how did you get authorized to determine that? Well, Jesus taught against greed and covetousness. Yes, and it's all in matter of the heart. Right? Jesus taught. Forget, they forget about David, Abraham, Solomon, Luke, Matthew. You know the disciples in the New Testament were so rich when the Bible says they sold their houses and gave the money to the church, it means they had multiple ones. God said, my people are going to walk out of Egypt with all the jewelry. You're going, to come out of with, uh, you're going to come out of this with great substance. I'm going to give you shoes that ain't never going to wear out. There's not going to be a feeble one among you. Why? Because when you walk in blessing, it is a signal to the world that God is real. Get that mindset out of you. All these people more holy because they drive a broken down car. Does it make you more holy? It doesn't. It doesn't. And all these people driving expensive cars. That doesn't make you more holy either. It's not a dollar amount. Right? Got to get our minds right. You got you to have a mind that can contain what God wants to do in you. I've heard churches hate on other churches because their facilities are too nice. What? They built a building to reach people for Jesus and you still got a problem with it. You're kidding me right now. So we've got to get our mind right now. I was going to preach a whole sermon on that, and I'm going to talk about this third part. Can I do that? You've got to get your mouth right. You've got to get your mind right. If we want to change next year, you have to get control of your emotions. He that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. Listen to the analogy. This is what he's saying. When you have no control over yourself, you have no walls, you have no defense. The enemy can come in and the enemy can come out 
and the enemy can work you up, the enemy can leave, and then the enemy can come and stir you up and agitate you and aggravate you and get you all up in the flesh and angry and glory to God on Sunday. Leave. You have no rule over your own spirit. The only person in this world that you were called to control is yourself. And oftentimes, because we know we cannot control ourselves, we try to control everybody else around us. And we get trapped in this emotional way of living that keeps us bound. For example, people interpret reality through their emotions. You ever heard that statement, perception is reality? I understand what they're saying. No, it's not. Reality is reality, whether or not you perceive it to be that way or not. Truth is truth, and truth stands outside of what we think it should or might or ought to be. You hearing what I'm saying? I'm depressed, so my marriage ain't working out. My kids ain't right. I've had enough. I'm giving it up. I'm done with it. Nobody at that church likes me, so I'm over it. You're allowing your emotions to interpret your reality. Because your words have created your thoughts, and your thoughts have stirred up your emotions. And you got to get a grip on those things. I have counseled, I don't know how many people I have counseled in marriage counseling. I would say 75% of them married 30 years, fighting ready to kill each other. It's like, it's like they have a, 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 their hands around each other's necks. And they've been squeezing slowly for 20 years, right? And you sit down and talk with them, what's the issue? What's going on? They've got grown kids. They've got grandkids. They've been married 35 years, 40 years. We're over it. We're tired of this. It's time to move on. What's going on? You want me to tell you what's going on? They can't control their emotions. That's really what's going on. Somebody got angry. Somebody got upset. They can't seem to get, your Bible says that anger rests in the bosom of fools. And when we lash out in anger, when we go off in anger, we feel so strong. Because glory to God, I went off. And you're never more weak than when you're angry. Because you're communicating, you can't control yourself. Right? It's okay to go off every once in a while when you know how to rein it in when you need to. Okay? Men, if you've not learned this, women have a pressure release valve. It's called talking. And every once in a while, they need to let off some steam. Okay? I'll give you an example. The other day, this was this week, there was a situation that came up um, with a, a circumstance with, with my wife. And, uh, she came to me, and she was going off, just going off. She's working in the nursery, so I can preach this. Going off. I made sure she'd let me. I made sure I could use this example before I did it because I'm not an idiot. She was going off. I mean, just, and then this, and then that, and then I'll tell you what else, just going off. And I, trying to be a you know, good husband and a I said, no, honey, now let's look at the positive sides of this. You've got this. She goes, don't do that right now. Don't be doing that right now. She said, we can talk. You can bring me back to reality later. But right now, let me go off. You got it. 
Everyone, you ever have that moment with your spouse when, when, when you're in a hurry but something comes up and, and then you start seeing the beginning sparks of a fight? And you're like, honey, I've got to go. We will fight about this tonight. After we put the kids to bed and eat dinner, they will fight then. Is that cool? Yeah, that's cool, but it's coming. All right, I love you. Have a good day. We scheduled a fight. You ever scheduled a fight? Y'all ever scheduled a fight? Honey, I love you. I've got to go. I love you more than anything. I love you too. But after the kids go to bed, it's my home. You got it. Give me some time to prepare for the battle. You got to control those emotions. It is spiritual maturity to be able to recognize your own self escalating and getting out into extremes and into tangents and saying, that's not true. Bring myself back. Bring myself. You ever had to just bring yourself back? Yeah, when you're in the car alone, I know you're going off. And you can go off. But at the, before you see the person again, you got to bring yourself back. Quit posting all, quit. You want me to tell you what would help some of us with our emotions? Get off Facebook. Get off of Facebook and quit watching so much dang news. They're all lying. Okay? And our blood pressure, feel our blood pressure rise. Get on Facebook, you feel your blood pressure rise. Right? Just like, oh. You'll post something. You'll post something. Somebody will have the nerve to disagree with you. You're like, oh. Rolling your sleeves up. Because you're a keyboard warrior. You know what I'm talking about? Y'all are, y'all are giggling awful funny. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Making sure pastor don't follow me on Facebook. Get those things under control. Because your, our lack of emotional control is robbing us of peace. It's robbing us of joy. Our lack of emotional control is making our home environments horrible. Horrible. Let's, let me ask you one simple question. How much fun are you to live with? I'm waiting for an answer. How much fun really are you to live with? You ever ask yourself that question? Y'all are getting all quiet on me now. I was talking about the blessing and the riches and the Lamborghini, glory to God. How much fun do you live with? How predictable is your mood? How predictable is your mood? Do we know what to expect when we see you? Or when your wife is watching the clock and is getting close to you being home and she was secretly wondering, I wonder what he's going to be like tonight. They they left me, man. Not being able to control those emotions, it's ruining relationships. Let me tell you what else is ruining. It's ruining opportunities. It's ruining opportunities for you. When you don't have the ability to, to control yourself and your reactions and carry yourself in a certain with a certain level of excellence and a certain level of dignity and a certain level of honor, it is ripping opportunities right out of your hands. Right? Well, I'm just going to be me. Maybe you don't need to do that. I've had people say, well, this is just me. Well, you need to change. 
This is just my personality. It's a weakness in your personality. Right? It's just who I am. It's who I am. A jerk? You just created that way. Or have you not allowed God to grow you up and become the leader and the person of influence that he's called you to be? Boy, this party really died. We're going to end with joy to the world, the altar call, so everybody feels better about themselves. Hmm? If your boss asks you to do something at work, he knows you're what would, happen? what would happen if they ask you to do something you think is absolutely retarded and you say, yes, sir, we will do it and I'll make sure it's done exactly how you want it? Your boss will probably be like, what are you on? Give the whole plant some of that. Jeez. Right? Because when we, when we are not able, man, I could get into, I could start picking a fight. I know single people that ain't going to get married. Till they get that fixed. Right? I've had them come up to me. Why can't? Why is a young man not interested in me? Because you're mean as a snake. Somebody's got to tell you, right? Young man, come up to me. Why is there no young ladies, sharp young ladies, interested in me? Because you're a petulant child, and everything hacks you off. And you're going off on Facebook about stuff you haven't. Everybody on Facebook is a political science and economic expert. Right? And their foreign policy and immigration policy, they can put on a meme. You don't know what you're talking about. Are y'all with me? I'm saying, you know it's the truth. See people on Facebook, 18, arguing with doctors who were medically trained and practiced medicine for 50 years, and they're arguing over stuff. They're like, well, that's not what Wikipedia said. <laughs> Wikipedia doesn't mean you're an expert. You read three blogs. <laughs> I, this is all me thinking out loud. I don't even know why I'm going here, but bless God I am. I'm, we're, here we are. Huh? I know people, your life's not going to move forward. So you get a grip on those emotions. Not going to move forward. Not going to make more money. Not going to get a raise. Not going to get promoted. Because you can't control your own spirit. You're like, I see you broken down without walls. Brandon, y'all come on up. We really need to pick this party. We need to rekindle this party. Listen, I, I want to get to December 2019. And I want us as a church family to celebrate the outrageous, over-the-top stuff that God does for us this year. I'm talking about shout, dance, throw stuff. I would like for that to be in our own building. In the name of Jesus. We can't complain about how hard it is doing this. Can't do it. Because we'll complain about the next place too and the next one and the next. We got to get our mouth right. Got to get our mind right. Got to get our emotions right. Got to come in and just hit it and just do it and this is what we do. 
And then God's going to open the door. And if we will be faithful over little, God will make us a ruler over much. Amen. I want us to celebrate next year, end of December next year. I want us to celebrate everything God's done. But until we get our mouth, till we change our words, till we change our words, our world will never change. Till we change our thinking, our world will never change. We will never have more than we have right now if our minds cannot contain it. God, God wants to bless some of you in ways that would embarrass you. I'm believing for y'all can don't 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 hate appreciate. God wants to bless y'all in so so many ways. You're like, I don't even need all this, but glory to God, right? God's not people. I think I think God wants to give us enough to meet our needs. That is absolutely theologically ridiculous. He does not have the ability to just give you enough to meet your needs. His name is the God of too much. David did not say, he fills my cup. David said, my cup is running over. I will give you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and... Does anybody want some running over stuff next year? I said, does anybody want some run over level blessing next year? Stand up on your feet and give Jesus a shout. Come on, we declare next year... Everything changes. Next year, everything changes. I want you to shout this with me next year. Shout it from your belly. Next year. Next year. Next year. Everything changes. Next year. Running over. I need you to say it like you believe it. Next year, too much. Next year, the God of too much. The God of more than enough. Next year, everything changes. Now give Jesus a shout, hallelujah. Turn around and slap somebody a high five and tell them next year. Come on, do it in faith next year. Next year, I'm getting out of debt. Next year, I'm getting a raise. Next year, I'm getting a new job. Next year, I'm getting a promotion. Brandon, turn me up. Austin, turn me up. Turn me up. Turn me up. Come on, next year, I'm getting a promotion. I may not be talking to everybody. I'm just trying to find somebody that believes it. Next year, I'm getting out of debt. Next year, I'm getting a new car. Next year, I'm getting a new house. Next year, my kids are going to start serving God the way they need to serve God. Next year, my business is going to explode. Next year, I'm going to have to hire more staff than I've got right now. I need y'all to help me stir this fire up. I said next year, everything changes. Turn around, slap somebody a high five, tell them next year it changes. Come on, somebody. You got to act in faith. Look at me. Stop. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Your Bible. Y'all with me? 
It's 11.03, you're fine. The picture booth will still be there and the hot chocolate and the Christmas tree cakes. Okay? There's got to be some aggression to your walk with God. We got this. We got, come here, Emily. We got this. Next year. Everything changes. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. You know what? There's a sister scripture. We quote that scripture all the time. There's a sister scripture over in Luke 16. Matthew said, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent, and the violent seize hold upon the kingdom by force. Everything that I'm preaching is not just going to fall down out of heaven for you like dew on the ground in the morning. you got to take it by force. That's why your Bible said you got to fight the fight of faith. There's another scripture in Luke 16 says this, and I know some of you were not raised in church this way. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm teaching you. As there's another scripture in Luke 16 that says, the kingdom of God is preached and all men press into it. If you want next year to be different, you've got to press into it. You've got to press into it. That's why the Bible uses the language that you are an army dressed for battle, covered in armor, because you've got to fight the fight. So now turn around and slap somebody a high five. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. No, don't do it yet, don't do it yet. Look at me. And get that crazy look in your eye. Like when your kids do something. Get that blood boiling on the inside. Get the Holy Ghost moving down on the inside. And start looking around saying, you know what? I believe what the man of God said. Next year, everything changes. Turn around and slap somebody a high five and tell them, next year, everything changes. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Come on, somebody. Next year, everything changes. Come on, come on, come on. It's changing. I said it's changing. I said it's changing. You're going to start having favor at work like you've never had before because it's changing. You're going to get jobs you're not even qualified for and pay raises that you never even thought you would make that kind of money. Next year, (laughs) this church Pentecostal? This is what it takes. Y'all listening to me. This is what it takes. You just got to get fed up and you say, you know what? I'm going to take God's word and I'm going to start changing my life. I'm going to start changing my world. My world. You know what I'm going to start doing every day of 2019? I'm going to start speaking to this mountain and telling it to get out of the way. Can I get a witness from somebody in the house? next year everything changes lift your hands to him one time father thank you today 
Father, you're awesome. You're amazing. And we declare you blew our minds this year. And next year, you're going to do exceeding, abundantly, above everything I could ever ask or think. No, y'all ain't ready for that verse. You're going to do exceeding, abundantly, above? Hang on. Hang on, Wes. Look at me again. We'll, we'll, it's 11.08. You're fine. All right? Paul said, he's going to do exceeding. He's going to exceed abundantly above everything you could ask or think. So go ahead and think as big as you can. Go ahead and think as big as you can and think God's going to do exceeding abundantly above that. I'm about to throw a microphone. Don't be doing this right here. I need somebody to shout because you believe he's going to do exceeding abundantly above. You really mean I can... You really mean that God could do this for me next year and God could do that for me next year? No, he's going to do exceeding abundantly above this and that. All right, all right, all right. I can already tell y'all had enough. Y'all had enough. It's fine. It's fine. Baby steps. We're going baby steps. But I am declaring over you today, next year everything changes. You hearing what I'm saying? I'll have enough faith for me and you both. That's fine. But next year, everything changes. We declare if you're connected to this house and you're connected to the mission of this house for you, next year, everything changes. This is not a word to hope unlimited. This is a word to you and you and you and you and you. Next year, everything changes. Will you give Jesus one more shout? Hallelujah. Hope unlimited, we love you. We love you. We love you. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit hopeunlimited.church slash give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.